That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. Rotten cabbages? What kind of slum do you think this is? Well, it's my favorite time of year, dear. What time of year is that? Well, of course, it's fall, which means pumpkin everything except for pumpkin spice lattes because those are gross. Uh, <laughs> it is sweater weather, which means really cute, fuzzy, warm sweaters, a light jacket, and I love the colors of fall. Um, but most of all, it's Halloween season. Oh, are you alright? Shut away! And hot hot drinks aren't just a formality. They actually uh, warm my soul in this time of, in this time of year. It's a requirement. That's right. So hey hey folks, we're doing a, a little special little mini sode. The episode that I want to release is going to take a while to edit, and I'm slammed with stuff. So it's coming out later. Adulting is real. We've been traveling. We've been helping friends move like there's just been a lot going on and so (laughs) we appreciate everyone's patience but we also wanted to find a fun way to like sneak in a good halloween uh episode or reference just because this is definitely my favorite time of year and we have a really cool tradition that we started i think technically right but yeah it was it was right when we started dating so since The very first year, we've been together for over three years now, Um, we have started in the month of October, which has since grown to September through November, because we have so many. It's Spooktember, Spooktober, and Spookvember. Yes. It's not these three. What started as Spooktober um, has since grown, and I really, really wish that we could find the original spreadsheet we put together back in 2018 that had the name of the event that we came up with, which was like uh, Smitty Yervin Jaegerman Gentian Spook Marathon Tober Fest. The third. (laughs) Or something to that effect. Yeah, yeah. Spooktober for short. Um, So every day in October, we pick a scary movie or some type of media that we want to watch and indulge with. And so over the years, we have accumulated some favorites that like, no matter what, we end up watching every single year. Have withstood the test of time. Yes. Uh, By the way, folks, if you want to support us on Patreon, you can go over our Patreon and uh, check us out. Links will be in the description. We love all of our patrons. There's only three of them. Uh, they, They want more friends. They do. So thank you to all three of our patrons, uh, Christina, Rarude, and Mots. We couldn't do this without you. And we definitely have a really great uh, bonus episode in store for October that's also Spooktumber themed. So be on the lookout for that. Um, and if you contribute, the you'll get access to our monthly bonus episodes. So with that being said, let's start our list. We have picked categories of some of our favorite horror films. Uh, the genres within the genres, if you will. Right. I know for me personally, growing up, I have always been a horror 
supernatural fan. Um, some of my favorite shows are a little bit spooky. Um, my and a lot of the memories of me growing up watching scary movies actually are with my dad. So my mom works worked nights growing up. My dad worked, you know, your normal nine to five office job. So it was always my dad that would be home with my brother and I at night. And on Friday nights, um, instead of being a cool, popular kid, like going out and playing with friends or, you know, I'd be either at home reading a book, uh, hanging out with my friend Brooke that lived right across the street, or I'd be watching a scary movie with my dad. And so some of these uh, um, that I'll be talking about on my list today definitely are some of our my favorites because of that that reason. We're, we're both big horror fans. Uh I definitely got into it later in life um, when I was more of a late high school, early college person. But it has definitely blossomed into uh, love. I love horror movies. They're lots of fun. And I like to be uh, scared. It doesn't happen very often. So when I find a movie that really scares me, I cherish it. Um, so um, with that being said. Uh, I'm Zach. And I'm Alex. And this is Movie Night Crew. It's the Movie Night Crew. We're stealing it. It's That's what it is this week, I guess. <laughs> we We took it over. <laughs> oh, my cabbages! We got your number, Jason. This is the crossover episode that no one knew was coming, even us. That's right. So, what's our first category? Yeah, so our first category, we can start out with a horror light. I, As we call it, our spoopy Halloween movies. Ah, uh, yes. Which are the... Rated like PG, more family oriented films that are good to start out with in the month of October. You know, when you're ramping up to your really big hacker slasher, more intimidating films that you can't really sleep with afterwards. So, yeah, starting out with something that's friendly for the whole yeah. family. Fr- friendly popcorn horror, as, as you will. So, what is your choice for your favorite spoopy movie, babe? My. Spoopy movie pick is Paranorman. This movie is by Laika. Uh, it is it is directed by Sam Fell and Chris Butler, and written by Chris Butler. So two people directed this movie, which is pretty uncommon, I'd say. And uh, it's just a joy to look at. Stop motion is truly a dying art. In our society, we see less and less stop motion pictures, mostly because a lot of times, like the Lego movie, for example, it's just easier to render things in 3D. Uh, But some people listening didn't even know that the Lego movie was entirely CG. There's not a single real Lego used in that movie. It's all computer generated. They have effects. They have have algorithmically like aged bricks that they add imperfections to and whatnot. But Paranorman is actually a built thing with real models and real sets and all that stuff. And Laika is the last true carrier of the torch, in my opinion. That's great. Why is, why is Paranorman your favorite? Uh, Paranorman is not my favorite Laika, but it is my favorite spooktober, uh, spooky movie, spoopy movie, uh, because it's, it's about it's a I think it's a very em- uh, empathetic movie. It's about a kid who doesn't fit in, who can see ghosts, and he learns about this awful event that took place in his town about 
this witch that is kind of a, a town staple. They do a pageant every year where they do a theater thing. And he just, the more he learns about it, the more complex and multi-layered it becomes. And I think it's a really heartwarming, not heartwarming. I think it's a really kind of almost bittersweet story that has a lot of feelings. It definitely is effective at pulling at the heartstrings in a way that I really look for in movies. If a movie can make me feel something, if it can make me cry, if it can make me clutch the corners of my chair in terror, if it can make me emote, if, if, if it can, if it can trigger my baser body bodily instincts, then in my opinion, it's an effective piece of film. And Paranorman is that piece of film. So go watch it. If you haven't seen it, it's a great watch. Great. I love that choice. So my, Spooky Movie Choice is a classic, another stop motion film, believe it or not. And this is The Nightmare Before Christmas. Great. Uh, arguably one of the best uh, movies with the best original soundtracks ever. Danny Elfman, who also did the score and voices Jack Skellington. And was while it was, the story was conceived by Tim Burton, it was directed by Henry Selick. And the reason I love this movie is just the visuals and the feeling that you get. And it's perfect for either Christmas or Halloween. It's a perfect year round film. You really can't go wrong. And I honestly think that Jack Skellington is one of the coolest characters from, you know, just an animated or any type of children's film in general. And unpopular opinion, I think that uh, Sally is a basic bitch. (laughs) Not my favorite. uh, But definitely remember this uh, growing up and seeing it, uh, the re-release actually that went in theaters and with uh, my friend Brooke, the same Brooke that lived across the street, same Brooke that is co-host on the restricted section. And we went to see it in theaters. And like fun fact, uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas is one of the only animated films uh, or stop motion films specifically to then be re-released in a 3D. Uh, so there you go. And take it That's for it. me, retrofitting 3D is really hard. One thing I wanted to say about Nightmare Before Christmas is it's such a clever movie because if you miss the holiday, if you miss Halloween while you're watching it, I guess what? It's a Christmas movie too. You can watch it on Christmas as well. Yeah, that's why I said it's perfect. It's great. You know, just not with for either holiday, but in my opinion, year round. Next category. Yeah, next category category is campy horror. Fun, fun, fun. Uh, why don't you start this one off? So my campy horror selection is actually. Another cult classic, 1975, The Rocky Horror Picture Show, directed by Jim Sharman and starring everyone's favorite, Tim Curry. Um, Also with Susan Sarandon and Barry Boswick. I, again, love the music. I love the camp. Um, Little really random fact, I love that Meatloaf, who was a big musical star back in the day, plays Uncle Eddie. And this movie just makes no sense. It's batshit crazy. It's all over the place. There is, and I think that Tim Curry's starring as um, Doctor Frank, Doctor Frankenfurter, you know, really did a lot to like do for um, gender portrayals in film, and was really kind of no one expected it to become the cult classic that it is. Nobody. And to me, Halloween is not complete without at least going to see a live 
showing or a shadow cast of Rocky Horror Picture yep. Show. Throwing toast and at the screen and shit like that. Absolutely. And this is also a film that was introduced to me by my dad. I remember him giving me a copy of it for Christmas one year. Um, it wasn't until I was in college, actually, um, that he gave it to me and quickly became one of my favorites. So campy horror for the win. I went to art school. And so we had a ridiculous shadow cast of that movie every year. It was a ton of fun. And I went almost every single time. I even I even dressed in drag one year. It was not a very good attempt, but I did it. I did it. There has to be pictures of this. I don't they think They have there to are. survive somewhere. I don't think we they exist. We will find it. <laughs> I would not mind if they did exist, but I don't think they exist. All right. How about you? What's your campy horror? My thing? campy horror <laughs> is to the surprise of probably few people, uh, Army of Darkness, a true classic in the realm of campy horror. If you're looking for camp, if you're looking for fun, don't watch, don't watch, don't watch Malignant. Watch Army of Darkness because it's good it's it's a basically evil dead 2 is in my opinion one of the best camping movies of all time it ends in such a buck wild fucking crazy place where you're just like well that's a strange direction to take that movie glad it's over forever now nope there's a whole follow-up movie that takes place right where it leaves off and it is just it's a it's a hell of a ride i just you give me a soundbite of bruce campbell saying groovy and I'm there. I'm there, folks. I'm totally there. Um, I have not seen this movie, so we did just watch Evil Dead 2 mm-hmm. for the first time a few days ago. And that was definitely... I had no idea what was happening the entire movie. And even when the credits rolled, I still had no idea what was happening. So uh, I guess this one will be one that we have to put on our Spooktober list for this year. For sure. Um, but yeah, great choice. Um, all right, next category is slasher. Ooh, slasher. So probably what everyone I would think thinks when they think quintessential Halloween, like, scary movie. And what I love about all these different categories of horror and why I just love the horror genre in general is there's just so many sub-genres. Like, if you think of other, like, comedy or drama or historical, like, retelling i mean there's so many romantic comedy like i guess romantic comedy is a subgenre of comedy but i don't know i feel horror is such an expansive genre that even if people aren't a fan of scary movies there is a subgenre of horror for everyone it's because horror is so it's such a universal core raw evolutionary thing it's what it comes down to is about fear and fear isn't about appreciation it's not about like the artistry of the thing it's just about it it can't be faked you're either afraid of something or you're not and your body will tell you if you're afraid of something and it is very obvious right and that raw emotion is something that it's hard to channel and or make other people feel and i feel like horror as a genre for decades has just been the redheaded stepchild yep, of film for sure. but it hasn't been until i think you know the past decade or so that people have a real appreciation like people used to joke oh like you start in a horror film well your career's over right same but with now, sci-fi back in the day yeah but now we have people that are breaking out into the scene for their um for their roles in horror films and i think that also the Mainstream has had shows like American Horror Story, Bates Motel, like all of these really cool, um, you know, gory, 
but also just very well written. Like people always knowing the concept of a well written horror film or movie just didn't really exist. You had a lot of breakouts throughout the decades, but not that. Like- I I contest that. I I don't think they didn't exist. I think that they did not get the credit that they deserve. I think that is. That is valid. I think horror has always been a way for people to explore the macabre and to explore the sort of unsavory parts of our society. Uh, It has just never really been seen as legitimate commentary until recently. But against my point, like, yeah, most people watch a scary movie to be scared, but horror is such a broad genre, like, it will, you can run the full gambit of emotions, like, anxious like scared sad like laughing you know angry like all of like even love right (laughs) so Mm. all of these like different emotions that can happen even in the course of one film i just don't think i think other genres really really struggle um to encapsulate that and but at with any rate um we go to our probably most classic horrors uh category slasher so why don't you start this one off, Uh Mine doesn't necessarily fall entirely into slasher, but I'm going to pick uh, Get Out, which, of course, you know, sw- swept the nation. If you haven't seen or heard of this movie, then you're living under a rock because uh, everybody knows about this movie. But it's a great, great movie. Uh, it deals with race and race relations in a really interesting way. It's by uh, truly a genius writer of our time, Jordan Peele. Very, very talented, talented horror writer who started his career in comedy and proved to the world that he is just as effective at making people shit their pants as he is at making them piss themselves with laughter. Uh, Get Out is sort of about this guy and this his girlfriend who go to meet her parents. And on the way there, uh, shit starts getting weird things are just it's a very unsettling film the entire time and it's a very uncanny movie yeah and you're slightly uncomfortable the entire time you're watching it but you can't quite place your finger on what's wrong until like the last 15 or 20 minutes of the film yeah which is brilliant a really really clever film and i can't recommend it highly enough uh go ahead great so so my favorite slasher film is another classic 1960 uh, psychological thriller psycho directed by alfred hitchcock the one and, and only. yeah this film really just not only galvanized and changed the horror genre but in my opinion film and the way that movies are shot and how audiences are you know treated and so i'm not going to go into like the whole ideas like i'm sure there are some very you know problematic things about this film that haven't aged well like the idea of the main character like norman bates and like the relationship with his mother and the portrayal of you know people that are having you know some gender dysphoria mm-hmm. so won't touch on that too much but i really do think that the film still holds up and i hi- could not recommend it enough and the first time I watched it was when I was in high school actually in my theater class when we were just just discovering like different films and discussing their impact on you know theater and media and uh, one of my favorite facts from the this film there's actually two uh, because the film was being shot in black and white they 
knew that they didn't have to be photorealistic with like the color of blood and like in the famous shower scene, which is again, arguably one of the most famous scenes in cinema. And probably the most terrifying scene put to film at the time of its release. Oh, absolutely. But I I would put this probably this scene in the top 10 fa- most famous scenes in, in film Agreed. of all time. But in order to get the consistency of the blood right, they tried using a bunch of different substances. They use ketchup and they're like, because it's red. But then someone was like, you know what? It's black and white. It doesn't really matter. So they ended up using Hershey's chocolate syrup. That makes total as sense. The, as the substance to get that like bloody, like viscousy, but also runny feel to get it circling down that drain. Oh, it makes so much sense. Yeah. And then after filming this, uh, the lead character yeah so vera miles who is the uh who is the the woman that ends up being killed in the shower after filming the scene her entire life she never took a shower again unless it was absolutely necessary like that's how deep and psychological this scene had on her psyche and that of the crew so i'm sure she's not alone I'm sure there are plenty of people that watched this movie back then that also didn't take a shower for weeks, if not years, after watching this um, movie. I definitely did not was not able to shower for uh, several days, if not weeks, after seeing this one for the first time. Just gotta sit. Just gotta sit in your bathtub with a fucking AK-47, just pointed at yeah. the door. But no, really. <laughs> um, all right. So next category is. Favorite supernatural or haunting film? And I will also. So since we're going back and forth, I will go next. So my favorite supernatural horror film uh, is definitely The Omen from 1976. The original, do not get this twisted with the 2006 remake with Julia Stiles. As much as I love Julia Stiles, the remake is terrible. Uh, Directed by Richard Donner, this film uh, focuses on uh, everyone I think has seen, like the famous scene with the creepy kid and the mom like on the stool uh, watering like the plants or what have you. And then her, this creepy little adopted son like on his tricycle coming Mm -hmm. down the thing and like just the mom falls off the balcony um this is another film that i first watched with my dad um and so it's very near and dear to my heart i also think it resonated with me because the whole idea of demons and the church and like imagery was really dark and so it was always been a compelling film for me and the one fact that was made it just a little too real and really cemented it in my psyche is a film that frightens me every single time I watch it is so once the they adopt this demon child Damien or he's not a demon child from the beginning but just like this really unsettling child and the nanny that comes to take care of him and she brings this dog, which in the original film is a Rottweiler. And at one point, I was dog sitting and house sitting for an old family friend. It was in the middle of October. And these dogs like were spoiled brats. They were I loved them. But it was like a huge English bull mastiff and a very, very large overweight Rottweiler, who wasn't mean, but just not friendly. And I had left the TV on 
and because you were supposed to leave something on so someone they the dogs thought they were home and because it was you know halloween time october i had just left like the amc like horror movie marathon where they just played like horror movies for 24 hours straight mm-hmm. constantly throughout the month of october and i shit you not as soon as i walk through the door it's late at night i've been just gotten done work and I walk through the door and it is the scene on TV where the Rottweiler in the movie is just staring down the hallway, growling. And as soon as I walk through the door and I look at the TV and then I hear this growling and I'm like, no, that's a TV. And then I look down and their Rottweiler is standing at the very end of <laughs> oh, the long hallway growling at me because like I just come just come in the house it was dark like of course like you know dogs doing its job it's being a guard dog but I immediately like just ran out of the house and like shut all my lights off or like just sat in my car and just was bawling and called my mom and she had to like walk me and talk me off the ledge to get me to go back in the house so yeah just like those little things those aren't coincidences like that's like some weird thing in the universe i don't know if i put some negative energy out there but it was weird and wild and also just speaks to why this is one of my favorite films so how about you babe what's your favorite supernatural movie um, so mine is, uh, interesting because like I said before, it takes a lot to scare me in a movie. I, I see a lot of stuff coming. There's a lot of predictable tropes in a lot of these movies and it doesn't, it's not easy. So when I find a movie that legitimately scares me, it's usually based on two factors. It's based on premise being a really terrifying premise and also the execution of that premise being really effective. And for me, there's no other movie that comes to mind than It Follows. Ooh, interesting choice. It Follows was a movie that came out in uh, 2014. Uh, This movie came out and it is horrifying. It's about this like strange monster who's who can't really die. It, It can't really be killed or affected by anything. And when this monster has targeted you, it will just slowly walk towards you at all times. Kind of like Slender Man. Kinda, but, but, but more so than Slender Man. It's just, it's got, it's almost like it's got a basic AI pathing system that just is pointed right at you. No matter where you stand, no matter where you are, you could drive across the country and live probably for weeks without even thinking about it. But one day, it'll get to you. It'll catch up. And it can take the form of a loved one. It can take the form of someone you know. It can take the form of some random person in the crowd. You, you never know what this thing is, but when it gets to you, it will kill you. And just the thought of, like, driving across town so that you can get a few hours of sleep, and all the while you're sleeping, this thing is just getting closer to you, and you know it's getting closer to you. And it's just the the un, the unnerving constant that this thing represents. It's just something that truly, truly unsettles me, and I think it's a really effective film. It's really clever. It's a premise that I had never really seen explored before, and I can't recommend it enough. If you want a good scare... This is the movie. Also terrifying. And I think for a modern horror film, it is definitely effective at all those things that you described. Yeah. All right. So next category is favorite monster movie. Good, good call. Mine is an easy one. I uh, Facebook messaged about it. I might have tweeted about it. I don't remember. Uh, Cloverfield. It's Cloverfield. It's not the new uh, Cloverfield 
10 Cloverfield Lane, which is another good movie, arguably. Uh, and it's not Cloverfield Paradox, which is a fucking shit stained smear on this uh, 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 otherwise interesting uh, franchise. Uh, Cloverfield Paradox was a movie, a script that was about a space station that like basically gets haunted by demons that was co-opted halfway through filming and like twisted into making it a Cloverfield movie so that they could market it better. It's garbage. It's trash. Don't watch it. The original Cloverfield is a found footage movie where you are a direct uh, point of view of someone surviving like a crazy kaiju monster movie. And this giant monster is attacking Manhattan. And there are moments where buildings fall and it feels very much like a like a modern terror like type situation. It, 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 it smacks of the kind of really horrifying and unsettling like live footage we see from disasters like it all over the place but it's it's a it's a it's a it's a monster it's it's a really clever idea it's extremely well shot it's it was back in the day when this is a fun fact um motion tracking was just not really a thing nowadays if you have a, a handheld shot and you want to put a cg element into that handheld shot you can basically just hit a button on a program and it will find points of that shot and it will track the 3D space. It will find points in the shot and it will just basically auto-calculate the camera movement and allow you to seamlessly put a 3D per thing in there. Back in the day, they had to do all that shit by hand. And so seeing how, how real this movie looks and how effectively it delivers its premise, it's also extremely punchy if you're if you're, it's a weeknight and you're looking to just veg out to a movie that you don't want to be up till like 2 a.m. watching. This movie is like 84 minutes long. It's a it's a quick little brilliant film and I can't recommend it highly enough. Go watch it. Awesome. Uh, mine, this is probably the weirdest movie that I put on my list, but without noticing it, all the movies that I've picked came from a different decade. And the only decade that I'm missing on my list is the 80s. Um, so my favorite monster movie is, weirdly enough, my favorite movie from growing up. And it is the 1954 black and white creature from the Black Lagoon, directed by Jack Arnold. Interesting and pick. apparently I watched this movie so much as a child that I the VHS tape that we had just died. It just, it, <laughs> I literally watched the film to death. I have so, so many worn out VHS tapes from my childhood as well. And the fact, and I can't tell you why this was my favorite when I was little, but it really stuck with me. And I think also kind of explains like why one of my favorite directors of all time is Guillermo del Toro, who really used this film as a source material from a lot of his films, most famously The Shape of Water, where it's he wanted to direct a movie where the creature or the Gilman actually got the lady. And boy, did he succeed. So uh, definitely a weird one out in left field, but a very big classic that I think really galvanized and changed uh, horror films and uh, what, what are they going to made it for the mainstream audience. And I had, don't think I've ever actually seen this movie. So you will watch uh, Army of Darkness and I will watch Creature from the Black Lagoon. Hell yeah. All right. Uh, next category is foreign film. Um, so speaking of Guillermo del Toro, that's a perfect segue into my favorite foreign film. So I had to really reevaluate all my choices for this list because I had originally picked Guillermo del Toro films without noticing it for pretty much every other category. And I was like, all right, got to diversify. 
but I created the special foreign categories so I could not feel guilty. So my favorite uh, foreign film is the 2007 Guillermo del Toro supernatural gothic film El Orfanato or The Orphanage. And it is just the story, the visuals on this. It's a really interesting story. Um, It stars two parents who move to the childhood orphanage of the mother and their young son and going as they're throwing a party and moving in and preparing for, you know, to reopen the orphans orphanage to a smaller group, uh, their uh, son goes missing. And it's really kind of um, Simone is, you know, HIV positive and needs medication in order to, um, you know, live a healthy, happy life. So it's like a race against the clock to find him. And it is a truly terrifying film um, and one of my favorites of all time. So go check it out. Awesome. Uh, my favorite foreign horror film uh, is Wreck. Uh, it's a 2007, uh, stands for R-E-C, uh, like the record button on a, on a camera. And uh, it came out in 2007, it's a Spanish film. All takes place inside of a single apartment building. And I, I don't know if it's there's something about found footage movies, if it's just, I feel like they feel more real. Because in any horror film, I feel you can take comfort by sort of psychologically stepping behind the camera, right? Obviously, this camera wasn't standing there in the hallway capturing this shot in the in the the canon movie that we're watching. But for some reason, found footage movies, having the camera there, having a character actually being the one to hold it, makes it all feel super real to me. I love found footage movies. I've always been a big fan of found footage movies. And Wreck is a found footage zombie movie, which... Uh, I like both of those genres, so it, it very much appeals to me. Um, there's like dark staircases. There's lots of strange tenants. There's mysterious, horrible things happening on the on the top floor that people are scared to to go up to. The whole house is being like quarantined by the army so that the people that are around can cannot uh, get out. Uh, it's a really really good movie that. Uh, was remade in America in a movie called Quarantine that's somehow terrible, even though it's basically a shot-for-shot remake. And the trailer gives away the ending of the movie, which is really lame. So don't watch the trailer for Wreck. Just go watch the movie, because it's good, and I like it. And that's the end of that. That's uh, To quote Forrest Gump. That's all I have to say about that. Woo! Uh, and I also have to have a slight correction. So it turns out that The Orphanage actually was not directed by Guillermo del Toro. It, he was a producer on the film, but his lifelong best friend, J.A. Bayona, Bayona, was the director. Ah, uh, so, interesting. Yeah, but there was a remake of the film to, you know, bring it into an American audience and... Uh, Guillermo del Toro was much more involved uh, with the remake of the film. And I will say that Wreck 2 is one of the very, very few horror sequels that I believe is as good as the original. Wreck 3, kind of hot garbage, but Wreck 2 is really good. See, and I will mention that because I have a few like honorable mentions that didn't make it to categories. Uh, but one of my honorable mentions, I think, fits that category where the sequel holds up if not and is not if not better than the original um but with that i think that leads us into our last category which is wild card yeah the wild card why aren't the brakes working because i cut the brakes wild card bitches yeah all right who's your wild card film babe bring it home my wild card is just it's just it's just so 
fucking good. If you haven't seen Cabin in the Woods, go see Cabin in the Woods. It's it's so good. It's it's a it's a film about a. Let me know if you've heard this one before. It's about a bunch of teens that go off to a cabin in the woods, and they go into a basement full of weird haunted shit, and strange shit starts happening to them. That's the premise. You've heard it a million times. You've seen it a million times across all of horror. But you find out that this really is more of a deconstruction of this premise. This premise is formulaic on purpose. It's very intentional. And the the things that they do with it are extremely impressive and fun. Uh, It involves, like, sacrificial ceremonies and uh, top-secret government facilities and all kinds of... All kinds of, like, wild, wacky stuff. And the... God, I will just say, the third act of this movie is perhaps one of the greatest heel turns Wild in ride. movie history. It is just such a fun, fun movie. Uh, I love it to pieces. I remember seeing Cabin in the Wood in theaters with one of my really good friends from college. Uh, and when I walked out of the theater, I was like, you know what? That was actually really good. I wasn't... We went in thinking it was going to be a shitty, just hasher, slasher, f- dumb, like you said, movie. And that's certainly what the marketing materials had implied. Yeah. And then really when smart. we came out after the ending, it was just, it was really well done. Yeah. So that was one that definitely stuck with me. Great choice. Uh, last but not least, my wild court card choice, which doesn't fit neatly into like any good category that we picked. But I think it's possibly one of my favorite films of all time, which is the 1991 um, American psychological thriller, Silence of the Lambs, directed by Jonathan Demme and starring Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins. This was one of Jodie Foster's like breakout films and... You know, with her portrayal as Detective uh, Starling is just bar done. And obviously Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter became one of the most uh, infamous villains in film, uh, if not of all time. It it typecast Anthony Hopkins as a villain in every single subsequent film he ever starred in. But God, does he make an effective villain in all of them. Yeah. And actually, it was so good that the film won five Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor and Actress for both Hopkins and Foster, as well as Best Adapted Screenplay. So this was one of the, like, first films, one of the first quote-unquote horror films to win the Best Picture at the Academy Awards. And I don't remember the first time I watched this film, but it was probably when I was a teenager. Um, and it was when I was going through my crazy true crime phase, really obsessed with CSI, possibly contemplating a career as an FBI agent or working as a forensic scientist. So yeah, it just, it hits home. It's movie time, Clarice. Okay. Nope. We're good there. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) But not a bad, um, not a bad impression. And uh, with that, I think that rounds out our list. Yeah, obviously, there's dozens and dozens more. We love horror movies. We love the genre. Uh, If you want, if you listen to this episode and you have your own favorite horror movies, please tweet them at us. We're always looking to watch some new horror movies we've never heard of. Uh, Strange stuff, stuff that's out there, stuff that's wild and weird and crazy. If you have some understated horror movie that doesn't receive enough attention... 
please tweet it at us. We would love to hear it. We are uh, at CabbageCast. And uh, and you can also email us at MyCabbageCast at gmail.com. That's right. So reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to get you in on some some horror movie watching. We can live tweet horror movies. We will do all, all sorts of stuff. I want to, I want to maybe do a, yeah, yeah. a live stream. Yeah. A live stream would be fun, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll keep you all posted. How about that? We're, we have enough on our plates already. Yeah. So with a few like last to wrap us up with our honorable mentions of movies that didn't make the list, Paranormal Activity, my favorite found footage film, and Paranormal Activity 2, which was my pick for, you know, the sequel that is better than the original. Do you know how much Uh, they made Paranormal Activity for? Uh, I think it was like fifteen thousand dollars. It was that's almost exactly correct. I believe it was sixteen thousand. But yeah, it was crazy. It. And then like is one of the films that has like the biggest return on yeah. investments of all. I time. think it grossed over a hundred million. For sure. Crimson Peak, which is another Guillermo del Toro film. And if you can't tell, I'm a fan of gothic horror films. So the aesthetics in the Victorian starring Tom, um, Mia Wasikowski, Tom Hiddleston, and Jessica Chastain, just really well done. Uh, Sleepy Hollow with Johnny Depp and another Tim Burton film. And then finally, Hocus Pocus, which I know a lot of people are going to be like, why didn't that make your favorite as your campy horror or your spoopy movie? Uh, Hocus Pocus is just one we watch every year yeah, and feel it's like a, it's everyone's seen. So, you know, wanted to make some recommendations that may be some good surprises for y'all. My rapid um, fire uh, uh, honorable mention, the only one I can think of right now is uh, The Others. It's a very strange uh, out there movie it's kind of hard to find nowadays you might have to buy it on dvd or whatever but it's a strange interesting twist on the like victorian ghost house yeah movie. and is not a direct adaptation but lightly influenced by the turning of the screw uh and which was also the same source material inspiration for the haunting of blind manor yeah t- with- tv you've got haunting of hill house you've got haunting of blind manor you've got several american horror story seasons that are uh, not trash at least bates motel bates motel and bates motel is really good too we love horror uh that's gonna do it for us i'm zach I'm Alex. And this has been My Cabbages! My Cabbages! Uh, Spooktober's Spooktacular. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.